the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is a bonus episode, and our guests are Chris and Joe from the band Rookie. Rookie is a kick-ass rock and roll band from Chicago whose debut self-titled record was released in March of this year. While nodding to the past, Rookie forges this totally fresh sound, and it has been on heavy rotation at my house since its release. I uh, can't recommend the record enough, and this was such a delightful conversation. The guys were so sweet and, and so gracious with their time, so I'm really grateful for this opportunity. You can find all things Rookie at RookieTheBand.com. Check that out, and also give them a follow on social media. While you're over there following Rookie, also give the Marinade a follow on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're especially active on Twitter, uh, but we also are available on Instagram quite a bit and on Facebook. Head on over to marinadepodcast.com for more content like written pieces, um, concert photography, album reviews, things like that. I've also been posting some of my writing on medium.com, medium.com slash marinadepodcast where I'll talk not just about the creative process, but also about politics and some other topics that I've been uh, kind of mulling over and, and want an outlet for. So check that out if you are so inclined. And if you really like what you hear, please consider joining our Patreon community, where for just a few bucks a month, you can get access to Patreon-exclusive content, like our show Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that continue to shape my creative life. All right, y'all. We caught up with Rookie by phone right after their record was released and it is my pleasure to bring you my conversation with the guys from the band Rookie. Listen, guys, first of all, I just want to say thank you for your time. And I also want to say thank you for your record. I've been wearing it out and it's so much fun. It's a, it's like, um, you know, it makes me want to like take off my shirt and run around and dance and all of the good things and all the things that I kind of need to be doing right now. 
So uh, thank you guys for that amazing piece of work. Oh, yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah, that's an awesome response. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great, dude, and and it's you know it's great because it 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 takes me to a place where there's some records, rock and roll records specifically, especially in the last fifteen years or so, that um that take me to a place that um uh, that that make me feel something. Uh, I don't want to say carefree because that's not true. I don't want to minimize what you're doing. It's just like. Um, it reminds me of the first time I heard the strokes. It reminds me of the first time I heard twin peaks and I'm not comparing you to those bands. I just mean that feeling of like, fuck yeah, this is great. Yeah. man, You found your, you found your home. You found, you found a new thing you like. That's such a good feeling. I'm glad that you feel that way about our stuff. It's really wonderful. Y'all. Yeah. It's glad that, yeah, it's glad the energy comes across because I think, we all are feeling that way while we're trying to make it. It's just like something that really speaks to somebody or, you know, it's something for someone to hold on to and get excited about. So it's cool that you feel that way. So when you are making it, what does that process look like for y'all? What What is the creative process collectively like for the band? Um, I think for this record, um, originally we started the creative process um in mine and Max's apartment, and we tried being in complete control of the recording environment um, at first and kind of chipped away at songs that way and tried to perfect it all. And then three songs in, we kind of switched gears um, and tried and tried to get a lot more people involved with playing and doing it all um, live at Treehouse Records. So all the recordings, for the most part, um, are just kind of what you hear in the room while we were playing it, which was kind of intentional because I feel like the band, the members kind of came together about a year and a half ago um, as all six of us, and it was kind of just an exciting time of, you know, meeting people that respond and can create communication, like, with our music. So Chris and Justin joined the band, and it was just all feeling really, like everything was kind of falling into, pe- into place. Um, artistically, so just trying to capture that excitement in kind of a live setting um, at Treehouse, I think was kind of a big part of hopefully the feeling of you wanting to take your shirt off and running around or whatever while well, listening to it, if that makes sense. It does. It makes a ton of sense. Yeah. <laughs> so is that, that sounds like, almost like you're getting in a room and you're kind of jamming and then seeing what comes out of it. Is that accurate or are you coming as someone or, or are each of you coming in with ideas um, and then sharing them in some way? Is there a principal songwriter for the band? Uh, for the first uh, album, Joe and, Joe and Max did a lot of the writing and then uh, just sprinkled in the rest of us. But um, there is some jamming, I'd say, for for on the back half of the creation of that record. All of us in the same room doing it live. Yeah. I think that's kind of the way that we work best and are trying to move towards uh, everybody contributing in the songwriting sense. We're already, we just got off a tour with Cheap Trick and we were about to continue our tour with Twin Peaks before like the COVID-19 hit um but we're already playing a song that chris wrote um and sings so it's we're just really trying to work on everybody in the creative process 
think it just makes for a uh, more exciting thing between all of us. Touring with Cheap Trick must have been a thrill. Did you learn any lessons either about the creative process or just about performing from them during that time? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I learned that, you know, they, they've been doing it for 40, 40 years about, and it's just like be, having the opportunity to be able to open for them and sit side stage while they're playing and just have tiny conversations with them that really put into perspective that they're putting on a show every night for the enjoyment of everybody um, out in the crowd and giving some, you know, we're all all right kind of like their big talk back thing and surrender and it's just like you can really see that they don't they're not sick of it and they're mm-hmm. still excited about it 40 years later and the show goes on no matter what and I think it, it made me realize that we are you know we are putting on a show and it, it should be exciting for everyone but uh, whatever you were about to say Chris go ahead um, yeah just, just the fact that it was so I mean, their music is all there, and that's that's what holds it up, and that's what's so special about them. But they also did do the whole show element, you know, to the nines with all the different guitars that Rick would play and the lights and different features uh, that each artist took. And it was just nice to see how they how they built their show up, and that was a huge learning thing for me. I mean, I've done theater stuff, but... Uh, that was just in a rock and roll setting. It was, it was interesting to see. Do you, the theater yeah. aspect of in the theatrics of the performance itself for you as a, for you all as a band, um, do you take that into consideration? Do you talk about that kind of thing? Uh, no, we don't really. I think we're really tuned into the, to the music side of it right now. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a healthy place for us to be right now. Um, yeah, what is the origin of the jumpsuits? Um, I think we all started to have that awkward conversation like, okay, what should we, what should we wear for the show? And <laughs> everyone doesn't want to deal with that. So we went right. to the thrift store and found these coverall jumpsuits for like 15 bucks a piece. And my aunt threw logos on the back, so that's how we started with that, but then there was a Chicago company called Stock Manufacturing. Um, they're a great, great brand in the city, but they actually just made us all new matching black uh, jumpsuits and makes me feel like Luke Skywalker and uh, Return of the Jedi. So, it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, there's there's a whole cool kind of vibe to just, just the look um, from afar. I, I haven't had the pleasure of seeing y'all play yet, but uh, all the artwork, the album artwork, the, the all the merchandise you guys sell just looks so impossibly cool. Um, who does all that stuff, and, and how like, how much do you as a band collaborate on it? Um, so Brandon Deets is the name of the artist that we've pretty much worked with since he first like mocked up our, our Chrome logo. Um, but yeah, he, he kind of takes control of, of the, the look of everything. We kind of give, he, we've played music with him. He actually plays one of the guitar solos on E-Jam, which is the last track of our album. So he gets like 
the direction of the music and all that. Um, but our our record cover, he just did a watercolor painting in a notebook and freehand drew the logo and showed it to this us um, just to start pulling some ideas out. And we were kind of just like, well, that kind of looks like the record right there. So he kind of just nails it with everything he does. Um, and Mike at Bloodshot kind of took his, I don't know if you saw, there's a coronavirus version of our album art where we're all spread around instead of all huddled together in the no, middle. I haven't seen that. That's great. <laughs> um, the, yeah. what, what kinds of things outside for each, for either of you, um, what kinds of things you mentioned theater earlier outside of music, um, uh, inspire you creatively? Well, for, for me personally, I, I, with that theater stuff, I'm, I'm really inspired by, uh, Irish dance. I work with the Trinity Irish Dance Company, and mm. I mean, to see them do some of the stuff they do. I mean, it sounds like if Jimmy Page was a tap dancer at times, wow. and I'm just like, this is the coolest thing in the world. And wow. With that said, there's a lot of folk music uh, that I'm just so attached to mm. because of that as well. Just working with different artists that have shown me so much, like Brendan O'Shea and Mike Kirkpatrick. I mean, just incredible work that they've done. Um, so that's one thing for me. And what about you, Joe? Um, I have a nine to five job at a garden center. So I spend my summers like watering flowers and doing things like that. So it's kind of, I don't know if that inspires me musically, but kind of just interesting, you know, being in that setting, seeing things grow naturally, all that kind of hippie stuff really it's fun for me. I can relate to oh, that, man. Amen, dude. That's really nice. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and there's something so zen-like about it. Yeah. <laughs> and you that's feel your heart somehow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's been a kind of quarantine silver lining for us um, at my house is that we were fortunate enough to have a pretty big yard, and um, we both work pretty hard, my partner Chris and I, and so we tend to neglect the yard, not neglect, it's always keep it up, but it's never, never reached its full of potential. And now I feel like there's no reason not to. So we've been planting flowers and we've been making sure our trees are perfectly trimmed and, um, it, it's, it's hard work, but right. it's incredibly satisfying work. Yeah. It kind of frees your mind. Like while you're doing all that kind of yard work and stuff, it helps you think about how you can be doing that and other aspects of your life or whatever for me at least. So it, it is, it's, it's cool. <clears throat> what, um, the, the sequencing of the record I think is pretty ideal. Now, granted, I didn't see what drafts you had before, but, but the, the sequencing makes a ton of sense. You come out real, real strong with those first three. The whole record is really powerful. It ends, I think, in a perfect note. Um, how much as a band do you discuss that process of sequencing and what does that look like? It seems like it's a, the, the, definitely parts of the record is an extension of uh, what we do live. I mean, it, mm. yeah, you know, maybe that stems from just one set list that we really liked. And that's why Miss United States and UJAM are, you know, paired together and overlap because we do that live. Um, mm -hmm. What else, Joe? 
I mean, yeah. When when you asked that question, I was kind of thinking we did we did intend to put a lot of thought into the the track flow and how everything worked, and then at, when it was all said and done, it kind of ended up just looking like our our original set list. We would always play at a band as mm-hmm. a band, anyways. How things flow into each other and and the overall order. So again, it, it kind of just happened that way. I think we did intend for it to you know start big and then flow into these you know, end up with elementary blues on the first side and, and all that, but it, it kind of just happened that way from playing live, like you said, Chris. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that fake grass elementary blues, too, yeah. Those always are back-to-back, it seems. Is that because of the flow yeah. of the show? Like, because of the flow of the performance? Yeah. 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 It just makes sense just in that nice way. Together and, yeah, one starts on C, one ends on C, and just like bam. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's fun. Um, the twice now we've talked about t- Twin Peaks. I mentioned them and you guys mentioned them. You were gonna go on tour with them. Um, the the scene there in Chicago seems like there's um, now. Granted, of course, Chicago is a legendary music town, but it seems like there's a lot of cool rock and roll coming out of there now. Um, are are y'all all working together quite a bit? Are you? Um, what is that like? I'm way down in Florida. What does that scene look like up there? Um, from my perspective, it seems like there's there's a lot more coming out of Chicago than just you know rock and roll. There is a number of really good rock and roll bands, but it seems like everyone's kind of on their own like creative journey with with their respective you know bands or or musicians. But everybody totally does support um each other um and i've seen a lot of support grow for all the venues that host all the chicago bands during this pandemic like everyone's trying to raise money for all the venues that have been hit so there is just a strong sense of like community in the sense that you know we're all tied in this together and we all got to help each other out so there's there's no real like competition that i've ever felt which is kind of cool for such a big city that's wonderful, man. Yeah. That's that's really good to hear. I, I think that that's my, been my experience here too. the The scene here, though, is I'm in Orlando, is much more like um, folk Americana kind of driven. Um, that's that's the music mm-hmm. that people go to see around here. And there's a really robust group of folks that are making great music, and everybody's so cool and so supportive of each other. Um, and it's really quite the unifying force. And I think that's especially true. Or we're seeing that especially with the current crisis is that everybody's organizing some kind of virtual festival or some way to get people, you know, in front of other, uh, in front of fans so they can at least get something in their virtual tip jar, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. We're, we're the, the problem that rookie kind of has with that is, being in the six feet span and you know it's not it's not really a good idea to, for all of us to get in the same room but we're it's just like everyone else just trying to adapt and it is nice to see it's nice to see um my my friend chugging beers on instagram uh, tj for you know christmas without cancer and stuff like that like you're seeing a lot of a lot people adapting yeah. yeah, and a lot of and a lot of a lot of charity. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I wonder like how if you've had time to process this, and if it's too heavy, then um, please just tell me we won't even talk about it. But 
like have you processed what the future looks like for for bands specifically and like what you guys just released this amazing record at um at a time you couldn't have possibly predicted um and and obviously you're missing out on your tour and all that kind of stuff so like have you have you had time to process that and think about what the future looks like for y'all and again if it's too much then we don't have to talk about it no i mean i think it's definitely hit us all hard you know being the timing that we brought the record so i also kind of like it's where there's a will there's a way and i don't think music's gonna stop because of this and I'm still going to write songs and we're going to perform eventually, hopefully not thinking that far ahead yet, but you know, I, I'm not letting it get me down too hard. We're just taking the necessary precautions to stay healthy and you know, this too shall pass. Right. Yeah, totally, man. And sometimes, sometimes thinking about it, it seems like you're staring into the abyss and I worry about the older people are immunocompromised a lot more than myself, but absolutely. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll find a way. I think we'll find a way. We might we might put in the budget to get a little two-track interface for everyone. Start recording some demos to clicks or something. But we'll find a way out of it. Yeah, I think it's been exciting. Like I said, I, that it's been nice to see people come together the way they have, and I love what you guys just said because it that there will be there will be some answers and we may not have them right now, but we'll figure this out and we'll get through this and, um, there will be some answers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we talked about a little bit about what inspires you, but, um, what are y'all, uh, consuming at the moment? So that's what we like to end on is like, what are you watching? What are you listening to? And this is such a fascinating time to have these conversations because everybody's at home. But like, what art is inspiring you? A film you've seen, uh, maybe even a painting that moved you. Uh, anything artistic that you're really fired up about right now? Um, I mean, this might be an obvious one, but for me, I have always been a big John, I think we all have been big John Pines fans, so that one kind of hit hard, but it made me kind of dive back into a lot of the, his early records, and I'm just kind of inspired by his outlook on life and what he had to say about it, and I don't know, it's been encouraging and also very inspiring just to, you know, be graced with all of his music and things like that, so that's kind of what I've been diving into artistically right now. Um, I don't know. What about you, Chris? Uh, yeah, I'm the same kind of way. I'm, I'm in, into my, you know, there's not a lot of time in a, in a, in my regular life to, to dig into my record collection, but like just, just revisiting a lot of classics, CCR and, and the elevators are just on repeat over here. And mm. now I'm starting to touch on Weezer's first two, but, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta put, get my finger back on the on the pulse of what's what's going on during this time. I I do uh, take fault for that. I'm sorry. There's, <laughs> there's loads that are coming out right now, and we can ex- probably expect a lot of bedroom pop in the near future. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I certainly don't think Hopefully. you owe anybody an apology for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just don't want to seem like I'm stuck in a box, but I kind of am. But I think, but what you're stuck you, in a hell of a box. CCR. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're, if you're in the I mean, CCR box, it's all right. 
yeah, yeah. I, it, it just took me, man. I didn't even see it coming. Yeah. Um, this morning when I was, uh, doing a little bit of more research for this conversation, um, I read, I was listening to your record and I read, uh, the piece, I think it was published yesterday in Rolling Stone about John Prine. Did you read that one? No, um, I haven't got to it, but I've, I've seen it posted a lot. Um, I have to sit down and read the whole thing that I hear it's really great it's so beautiful and and you mentioned his outlook on life and like that all day i've been trying to carry that with me um it just just how much uh there's a quote in there where um fiona describes his wife fiona describes him as just not not having too much of an ego and i don't know if that's the direct quote but that's the gist of it is like he never had that much of an ego. And to think about someone who is such a monster writer, just incredible, incredible uh, writer to to have accomplished everything he accomplished and never really took himself seriously. And the, and the context that she mentions it in is that he loved Paris, even though he felt like Paris never embraced him. And that was like part of what he loved about them. <laughs> and he was always out of his ego about that. I think that's such a wonderful outlook. Oh, totally. Totally. Man. I I actually um, there was a there's this old school Italian restaurant that just closed and I think it opened in the '60s. It was called Sabatino's mm-hmm. on uh, Irving and Kildare or something like that. And um, I was sitting there with my wife, and John and his wife sat down right next to us, and and he he. He raised his eyebrows when he saw that I noticed him, probably because my long hair and just being probably snipped the musician on me. But I went the next day and saw him at the at the uh, Chicago Theater, man. And that was his final performance here. I cannot believe I caught it. I was in the back row. Our, our backs were to the wall. Wow. He got me. So all the way from that stage <laughs> to the very last chair, man. He had us all in bits. Oh, my God. Well, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for this. I really appreciate it. I love the record. It's wonderful. And um, I hope all this clears up soon so um, you know you can make it down here hopefully one of these days. I'd love to see these songs live. And um, just thank you so much for your time and thank you for sharing your art. Sure, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Dude, thank you so much.